Hey, hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, world. My name is Reverend Adrian L. Robinson II, a.k.a. Rev. Rob, a.k.a. Pastor Rob, a.k.a. whatever you want to call me. Just don't call me late for dinner. Actually, don't call me late for lunch because we're getting around that time. But friends, this is Deeper in the Word, the show where we give you the real about Scripture with people who actually know and understand it so that you can get a better grasp of what certain things in the Bible mean and how they relate to your life and experience and how you can apply something that was written so long ago to what you are going through right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another fun-filled, fantabulous episode of this little old podcast that we call Deeper in the Word. And friends, I told y'all, season five was going to be bigger and better than ever particularly because of the amazing guests that we've had and will have this season. And today is no exception. As today's show, my friends, is entitled Conversion Rate. Conversion Rate. Now, we know that a conversion rate is a form of a measuring scale, if you will, whereby something changes from one thing or one form to another. I mean, for instance, you go to another country, right? got to get your money changed over to the money of that country, right? There's a conversion rate that dictates how much your money is worth in the country that you've traveled to. So we're familiar with this ideology of a conversion rate, right? But that's the premise behind our show today, friends, and why we are very excited to have a very special guest today to discuss this topic, which we've actually discussed before on this show but which is so important and significant that we had to bring it back and it bears repeating. And friends, that topic relates to the conversion rate of people living in Iran who are converting in their faith from Muslim to Christian. Our guest today is very well versed on this phenomenon and is here to give us some incredible information and insight which she has associated with what's happening in the faith communities least. Now, by way of background, our special guest today is the CEO of Transform Iran, which is an organization whose mission is to preach the gospel to all Iranians, to plant churches, disciple believers, develop leaders, and resource and activate the body of Christ into nation-transforming mission. Now, some would say that's a great mission, and a lot of churches are doing that. So how is this any different? Because they are doing this, my friends, in a place that is hostile to Christianity. And so it's not just the nature of the work. It's also the level of um, involvement with this work that can be very dangerous and deadly. So it takes a level of dedication that we are really, really very admirable of. And through their work and the work of others through the work of Transform Iran. Thousands of Iranians are coming to Christ each year all throughout the Middle East. And she's here today, y'all, to tell us all about these incredible developments. Deeper in the word, my friends, please give a warm welcome to this episode's special guest and our new friend of the show, Miss Lana Silk. Hello, Miss Silk. How are you? 
Hello, I am very well, thank you. And thank you for having me on your amazing show. Oh, we are always so honored to have such learned guests such as yourself. And we love talking about this topic because Benevolent Faith, the ministry behind Deeper in the Word, is a global, as everyone out there knows, we're a global virtual church. So we put a greater emphasis on the global church body more so than the local church body. And this goes right along with that. So, Ms. Silk, please tell our audience all about yourself. Can you let us know how you got into ministry and got involved in all this good work? Uh, how to summarize, Adrian? <laughs> I was born um, into a spiritual Christian family. Mm -hmm. I was born on a significant day in the history of Iran, on the streets of Tehran, on the... 8th of September in 78, that day is now being dubbed Black Friday in Iranian history. And we're not talking about bargains in the retail stores. We were <laughs> right. talking about death and yeah. um, loss. Yeah. It was the um, most uh, bloodiest day, you could say, of the revolution of, in Iran that led to the changing regime from a, um, a monarchy to a theocracy, mm. an Islamic theocracy. And there was my mom with her first baby on the way to the hospital, giving birth in the middle of all of that chaos. Wow. Um, so I was born straight into that, and all I've ever known is the Islamic regime. We lived in Iran until I was almost 10. We lived through the Iran-Iraq war. And then perhaps a story for another time got very miraculously through dreams and visions, called my parents out of the country. They didn't know why at the time. They were very involved in the church. In fact, the spirit-filled movement in Iran was born in my father's father's home. Mm. They had nightly meetings for many years in their home as the numbers grew and many were miraculously saved and healed of all sorts of diseases and the church grew out of that movement. So they have been in ministry their whole lives. I was born into that and then the Lord suddenly called us out. We didn't know why. And then when we came out, God clarified his call and said, the church is about to be driven underground and I need you out here to resource and support, strengthen and help grow what will become a heavily persecuted church. Wow, that's an amazing story. And we actually will ask you to come back and tell that story about sure. your parents and how they were called into ministry because I'm sure that's very, very fascinating. Um, so then you got in the ministry and you got involved with Transform Iran. And for those that may not be familiar, the organization was not always known as Transform Iran, correct? Correct. And so tell us about the background of the organization and the precise nature of the work that uh, you folks are doing. When we came out of Iran, um, when we landed in Europe and God began to clarify his mandate over us as a family and particularly over my mum and dad at that point, I was um, 10 at that time. So, and my, I had three sisters younger than me. Um, we, the, the beginnings of it was a case of, okay, let's gather together and pray. Let's see what else the Lord clarifies. And so my parents began to mobilize and bring together many scattered believers across Europe at that mm. time who had left Iran. And we would travel as a family from country to country across Europe and host events where we would bring the Iranians in the diaspora together. We would pray and worship together and seek the Lord and encourage and envision the um, many of them refugee Christians at that time and say, look, there's work still to be done. God has work for us and he has a way to use us to still continue to impact our country. 
And that work began to grow. That was in the early 90s. And as it grew, people began to look to my parents for a greater level of leadership. And part of that was identity as a movement. And so my parents went back to the Lord and began to pray and ask the Lord to give them some clarity as to what the next steps were and if he wanted us to name it and formalize it, what that should be. And as, I, as they prayed, the Lord gave them the three numbers, two, two, two. And when they went digging in the word, they found 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, which is that great discipleship verse that says, wow. the things you have heard me say in the presence of many wow. witnesses entrust to reliable men and women who will also be qualified to teach others. So the whole ministry was born by that verse, really, uh, with a focus on understanding what it looks like to be a lifelong disciple of the Lord. You hear something from someone, the things you have heard me say, and then you're now entrusting that to reliable men who will also then be qualified to teach others. So there's a ripple effect now. We, we are learning. My father calls it perpetual student and perpetual teacher. Mm. And we, you know, we pass it on. And so everything that was done through that ministry was geared towards finding those reliable people reliable people of character of vision full of the spirit who would be those that would reproduce after their own kind in the way that jesus has called us to uh, a lot of emphasis went into leadership development training teaching uh, discipleship and out of that of course when you're investing into people and entrusting with them vision and um teaching them to be the kind that reproduces then that vision grows so perhaps one day someone will say i would love to run with something that would reach the prostitutes and drug addicts iran i would love to run with something that will reach the children and certainly on my mum and dad was a huge pioneering spirit and they they pioneered many aspects of ministry to iran farsi christian tv farsi christian apologetics wow. all these ministries that are now Global and praise God, many others that followed suit were pioneered by my parents in those early years as God began to increase their vision and increase their capacity to lead the way in, in how can we minister to a country that is under this kind of governmental control. And that was their call for, has been their call for 30 years. Last year, I joined the ministry and we began to pray together again in my new role and discussing like how do we, what's the season ahead? What is God calling us to? Is there more growth, a greater even degree of impact, perhaps, the Lord would have us have. And as we prayed, the Lord began to speak to us and said, um, yes, 2 Timothy 2.2 2 is still the bedrock, and you are to continue to always invest in people. But the vision isn't even the people. The vision is the country. Yeah. And then so we shifted gear in how we talked about it. In truth, the essence of the ministry hasn't changed, but it's sharpened our focus, and it's helped us communicate more clearly what we do, which is a heart to transform Iran, and hence the new name. Amen. Amen. That is amazing. Um, and I, I, I got to be honest with you, Ms. Sook. I am extremely curious to hear your family story. That sounds like a movie. <laughs> we'll be back after this. It sounds like an yeah. a, a, a after-school special. It sounds really interesting. Um, but what we want to do, my friends, is we want to kind of shift gears in our next segment. And we want to talk about the nature of the work with respect to what they encounter as they do this work. Because if you're familiar with Iranian politics and Iranian faith community, they ain't going to be too happy that Jesus is coming into the picture. What do I mean by that? Well, stay tuned and find out and stay with us when we come back from the break, y'all. Hey, y'all, check out the best faith-based radio station in the world. 
BMC Radio, where we're reaching the unreachable. BMC Radio promotes a wide variety of gospel, dance mix, and old school music to go along with a healthy mix of faith-based messages and talk shows geared towards strengthening your daily walk with Christ. We're committed to providing our growing global audience with well-rounded programming that promotes the gospel while also invoking fresh new approaches to what 21st century evangelism is truly about. Just go to www.bmcchristianradio.com to listen live every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you can have your own show and advertise your business on BMC Radio for absolutely free, free, free. And as I always like to say, who doesn't love something that costs free 99 Again, simply go to www.bmcchristianradio.com and click on the menu for more information. We invite you to join us every day at BMC Radio, where we're reaching the unreachable. Presenting our all-new audio devotionals entitled A Few Minutes of Faith, Biblically-based devotionals geared towards strengthening the daily walk of the believer. A Few Minutes of Faith provides you with a devotional from the Word of God steeped in solid biblical doctrine, all in usually less than five minutes. Think of it as your audio Bible study on the go to help you stay connected to the vine of Christ as you go about your everyday life. Check out A Few Minutes of Faith, available only on PodPoint and on Apple Podcasts. Go to www.podpoint.com backslash Benevolent Faith Ministries and listen now. That's a few minutes of faith at podpoint.com. That's P-O-D-P-O-I-N-T.com backslash Benevolent hyphen Faith hyphen Ministries. Join us. Hey, hey, welcome back to Deeper in the Word, Deeper and Deeper. Listen, as a reminder, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Overcast, on Apple Podcasts, in the iTunes Store, on iHeartRadio, on Amazon Music, on BMC Radio, and BMC Radio On Demand, and yes, my friends, on Audible, which we just found out about last month. Shout out to Audible. Also, don't forget to email us at info at benevolentfaithministries.org. Send us your questions and comments for the show. Hey, if you've got questions for Miss Silk, send them to us and we'll forward them to her on your behalf. And remember, we want you to join us every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central, 4 Pacific Time for our online church services. Just go to benevolentfaithministries.online.church, create a screen nickname, and you can chat along with us during the service. Amen? But today, my friends, today's show is entitled Conversion Rate. And we're speaking about the conversion rate of Muslims to Christians in the country of Iran with our very special guest and new friend of the show, Ms. Lana Silk of Transform Iran. And in our last segment, we heard her background story and how she got into ministry and started working with Transform Iran. Now, we call this episode Conversion Rate, y'all, because of the success that Transform Iran has had with converting people of other faiths, particularly the Muslim faith, 
to Christians. Ms. Silk, please talk about the process involved with doing that, the outreach aspect, because here's what I mean by that. You know, when we're evangelizing America, we're told, you know, you can go out to the supermarket, you can go anywhere and tell people, hey, can I tell you about the good news of Jesus Christ? The main opposition you're going to face is from the person himself who says, no, thank you. I don't want to hear it or get away from you. You're not going to get the police coming up to you saying, hey, what you're doing is illegal. Stop or we're taking to jail. And that's what we're talking about here. It's amazing, Ms. Silk, because I saw recently where back in the 70s, before um, the, the onset of, of Muslim um, permeation of every part of society, I saw a lot of really interesting aspects to Iranian life I didn't know existed. You know, women walking around in miniskirts and, and people smoking cigarettes and doing... I was like, wait, this is Iran? And so I think a lot of people have a preconceived notion about what it's like to do certain things in a country that is so oppressive. Please speak about the process involved with what you folks do and how you train up your people to deal, or be prepared to deal with what they may face in the field. Well, the last question is probably the most obvious one to answer because at the end of the day, when you're in a place that is dark and oppressive, then the source of strength that you rely on has to be Jesus. Hallelujah. So Jesus himself said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And that's really the reality of our people in Iran today. They, there is darkness all around them. Of course, we know from the word of God also that the darkness cannot overcome the light. And the light is there in Iran and is shining particularly bright because the darkness is so oppressive. But the the added strength, the trump card, if you will, that the people of God have is that they have the light of life within them. And that mm -hmm. is their source of strength. And, you know, sometimes when we in the West, we uh, enjoy a, such a great degree of freedom and such a great degree of choice. Then... Yes it can be a different kind of battle for us here where we have to be mindful and constantly checking ourselves to check, make sure that we are plugged into the source, that our source of strength and joy and peace and life really is Jesus and nothing else. Mm -hmm. In Iran, that's, that's tested in such a degree that they know that. It has to be that. There is no other source of these things. Jesus is the only source. And so there's a different kind of challenge. Um, in terms of how we then navigate these waters, do you know what, Adrian? The people of Iran are incredibly oppressed. They are controlled in every way. The government tells them where they can and can't go, what they can and can't study, um, what they can and can't access in terms of media. There's a lot of censorship, a huge amount of control and monitoring and surveillance. So when darkness comes in that thick and strong and is trying to choke every element of personal choice and freedom out of you, the human response is to push that, to recognize that as something that is not right and mm -hmm. push away from it and try to find an alternative. So just as you described, you know, here in the West, our challenge is any kind of interest. That challenge is not there in Iran. The interest is overflowing. Iranians are looking for something else. We must make sure that we are there and presenting the gospel. So that's what they find when they're looking. Mm 
Our challenge then is how do we make sure this avalanche of converts coming through don't just become converts, but they become disciples because our mandate isn't to go and make converts, is it? Our mandate is to go and make disciples. So how do we then plug these people into the word of God, into Christian community? How do we make sure that they grow in the word, grow in their relationship with Jesus, learn truth, shift worldview from the one that they had before and understand what Mm -hmm. truth really is. Mm -hmm. And from there, Jesus does all the hard work. (laughs) Yeah, Jesus does all the heavy lifting. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But it's so amazing because when we think about, as you described, the oppressive nature of life in Mm -hmm. Iran, it begins to make sense how people who have been um, denied access to the rest of the world and the truth of what's going on in the rest of the world can suddenly find so much freedom in what the Gospels have to offer. Because, you know, the idea of do what I tell you, do it this way, do it that way. And now here you have a faith that says, hey, it's just all about your relationship with me. I do require you to live a certain way, but I'm going to love you regardless, which is not something that the folks have been used to. And such a radical change, I can see how that would be so appealing. Is that something that you encountered, just the, the sheer appeal of Christianity in comparison to um, living as a Muslim? Oh, all the time. And, you know, at the end of the day, this is life. The words of Jesus are the words of life, and mm-hmm. life is appealing. Mm-hmm. And life is being sucked from these people from every corner. And they're, it's, you imagine a person being choked and they're short of breath. They are trying to catch their breath. They're trying to breathe in oxygen. And when they find it, it is life-giving. They take the full breath, fill their lungs, and suddenly everything is different, their perspective. And so when we talk about the issues of persecution and courage and where do these people find their strength, it it comes with it because it's something that they have tasted in the desert and they cannot be without it, whatever the cost. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, glory to God that the gospel is has that transforming effect, even in a region where there's so much oppression against Christianity. Now, I read that one of the missions of Transform Iran is to help Iranians, quote, align themselves with thematic historical transformations throughout the Bible. Now, somebody's going to read that and go, ah, So could you please explain what that means and how that work looks? Like what's all involved in carrying that out? Well, in the Bible, transformation is inside out, isn't it? It's thorough, it's life-giving, and it lasts. So that's the kind of model that the Lord has set before us. The kind of transformation that is powered by the spirit, not any man-led effort, not any fault on religion, but an inside at a heart of stone turning into a heart of flesh. Mm. We read in Ezekiel 40 and in the chapters that follow that about the new temple, the vision that God gives Ezekiel. He spends two chapters, 91 verses, I counted them with 75 different specific measurements that also then replay through all sorts of carvings and uh, layouts that the Lord stipulates, this is what my temple must look like. And I remember studying that thinking, wow, 
Why so specific? And then at the end of all that description, it describes the Spirit of God coming from the East. And when Ezekiel describes the Spirit of God, he says it was the, like the Spirit that I'd seen that had destroyed cities. Mm. And yet it comes in and it fills this temple mm. and nothing is damaged. And the Lord spoke to me about the importance of building right. When you build right according to God's specification, His instruction, then the kind of power and glory that would otherwise crush and destroy can come and live in you and rest in you. And not only that, we then read on about how then we saw this living water flowing from under the temple and flowing out. And we read how this water gets deeper and deeper and it spreads. And it says, everywhere the river flowed, there yes, was life. Yes. That's the kind of transformation we're talking about. If we build right, our responsibility isn't changing lives. That's God's work. That's right. Only he can truly change a life. That's right. Our responsibility is to build right, to be obedient with what God's given us. And if we do that well, well, then the Spirit of God can come and He can fill us with His power and His glory, and then He can flow out of us. This is 2 Timothy 2 2 again. Mm -hmm. The things you've heard me say now passing on, and it flows out and it spreads life wherever it goes. It transforms the whole landscape. And that's our vision to see Iran's landscape transformed. Hallelujah. And I am sure that in the process of seeing the transformation of the landscape, you have probably been a part of or heard some absolutely incredible conversion stories. Um, can you share some of those stories with us, some of the ones that stand out the most, um, to let us know just how much Jesus is working in and through the people of Iran? It's so hard to pick a <laughs> Some of my favorite ones are the ones that really show multiplication, mm -hmm. where one becomes 200, two becomes 300. Mm. When people's natural witness and organic Christian life just breathes life around them and other mm. people are caught mm. by that spark and they themselves connect to Jesus. So um, some of my favorites are to do with that kind of thing. For example, uh, a little while back, a, a couple, two couples traveled from Iran to Turkey. Now, Turkey is a, a hotspot for Iranian Christian mission because Iranians can travel to Turkey and it's one of the very places they can travel without a visa and they'll mm. go there for a good vacation. They can't drink in Iran, they can drink in Turkey and all mm. sorts of other freedoms are offered them in Turkey. So we have mission teams in Turkey that walk the streets, particularly in tourist destinations, and we're mindful to be listening out for our languages and witnessing to people. And I could tell you countless stories of people encountering the Lord right there on the streets of Turkey, healed of diseases, filled with the Spirit, and then they go back and plant churches. Wow. Um, these couples came to Turkey um, a couple of years ago, and they encountered one of our pastors. Now, this pastor herself has a miracle story where she was forced into marriage at the age of 13, had three children through her teens, um, was found out when she turned to the Lord. She had visions of Jesus coming to her in her bedroom saying, trust me, come follow me. A whole miraculous conversion story in her own life. She finally had to escape for her life. She lost access to her children through all of that came to Turkey, planted a church. She herself now disciples almost 200 people remotely. Wow. And she was um, the person that met with these people in the Lord, um, sorry, in the streets, introduced them to the Lord. They gave their hearts to the Lord. They ended up staying in Turkey for a year or two while she discipled them and she baptized them. And then they went back to Iran and began to tell people about Jesus. Those four people, two couples, became 140 people in a matter of months. Wow. And all these churches began to spring up everywhere where they've been sharing about the Lord. And now they are 
discipling others in the country. Some are being discipled by our pastors outside the country. The, the network grows through people sharing the gospel and naturally bearing fruit, which is how we're designed to live. That is fantastic. I don't think people understand the significance of a people who have never heard the gospel suddenly hearing it and it just being like a complete revelation to them like, whoa, wait a minute, this thing exists? You mean I can be saved? I can be forgiven? And I can have freedom? Sign me up. And so I can't even imagine the looks on some of the Iranians' faces when they come to this realization through the work of your evangelists. Um, have you personally been out there doing that work? I haven't done this work in Iran. If I went back to Iran, then, well, I couldn't go back to Iran. I'm sure they, they would arrest me on the spot. Yeah. Um, so I have the privilege of serving those who do it in Iran and representing their work, work being their voice and strengthen them from outside. It, this is a team event. And the same goes for your listeners too. Your listeners are mostly unlikely to ever be in Iran themselves. Yeah. But if the Lord speaks to someone and puts them a country or a people group on their, on their heart, there is such a range of ways in which we can be part of the team, the global team that sees mission happen, whether we are praying, financing, whether we are raising awareness, whether we are um, using our gifts, perhaps someone has a, a web, web gift, a media creation gift, uh, or there are all sorts of gifts that we all bring to the table, just like the boy with his fish and bread, yes. and let Jesus use it in the way that he wants. So I, I count it a privilege to be um, in the role that I am and serving in the way that I am and, um, and serving the people who are on the front lines. Hallelujah. And you know, scripture tells us that when one person is saved, all the angels in heaven rejoice. And yes. so if we're, we're not above the angels, my friends. And so my point in that is that just because it's not in your church, in your city, in your state, in your country, when one soul converts to Christ, we need to be celebrating that as a global church body. And that's why it should be important to you out there listening, the work that Transform Iran is doing. And coming up in our last segment, we're going to get into how you can get involved in the work that they're doing and how you can get in touch with Miss Silk. And we'll touch on all of that after we come back from the break, y'all. All right. So that was segment two. Excellent, excellent. One last segment and we'll be good to go. That is great. Hey everybody, CC Eccles here with the One Life Podcast. Join me every Monday at 7 p.m. as we talk about everything that pertains to life. If you need a little encouragement or a little inspiration, then meet me right here every Monday at 7 p.m. You can listen on Google, Apple, Spotify, Breaker, and iHeartRadio. You'll be so happy you tuned in. Ciao, Bella. Hey. 
Hey, hey, what's good? It's your man's Pastor Rob inviting you to join us live for our weekly online church services every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Pacific. All you got to do is go to www.benevolentfaithministries.online.church. It'll take you directly to the live worship session. If you get there a bit early before service starts, stay and enjoy the fellowship with us and others through our chat system. You can even participate live and chat with our hosts and others during and throughout the service, as well as take notes, download the sermon notes, and request prayer or even join Benevolent Faith Ministries itself. Remember, you can log on at benevolentfaithministries.online.church every Tuesday night, 7 Eastern, 6 Central, 4 Pacific, and we can't wait for you to worship with us. Benevolent Faith Ministries, a virtual church with a real heart for God. Hey, welcome back to Deeper in the Word. Listen, we encourage y'all to please go listen to that brand new episode of A Few Minutes of Faith, which is our weekly devotionals designed to strengthen your walk with Christ by giving you the word in 10 minutes or less. You can catch it on the Podpoint platform. Just go to podpoint.com backslash benevolent hyphen faith ministries and you can listen to the latest episode of a few minutes of faith. Amen. But today, my friends, today's show is entitled Conversion Rate. And we're speaking about the conversion of Muslims to Christians with our very special guest and new friend of the show, Ms. Lana Silk of Transform Iran. Now let's talk a bit, Ms. Silk, about the current religious climate in Iran. Um, due to some tragic events that took place last fall, more and more Iranians are waking up to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, as we talked about in our last segment. Can you explain for those who are uninitiated or may not know, what exactly was the catalyst event that happened recently that has led to this movement taking place throughout the country where many folks are converting to Christianity? Last year in September, there was a young 22-year-old Kurdish girl named Masa Amini. Her Kurdish name was Gina Amini. She was traveling, um, in, she had traveled to Tehran to see visit some family. And in Iran, there are laws around the women, particularly being modest is, I guess, the term, but it's oppressive, where no hairline can be visible, no neckline, no wrists, no um, ankles. And so she was pulled over by an arm of the authorities called the Morality Police. The Morality Police run the streets to look, particularly for women, sometimes men, who they deem are inappropriately dressed or be, are behaving inappropriately. And then they put them in vans. These vans have been nicknamed the death vans. Mm. And there's uh, there's horror stories that have come out about what have happened to people in the vans and then where they're taken afterwards, which are called education centres, re-education centres, where they teach the people about morality, inverted commas. Mm. So Massa was arrested. She was put in the van. Witnesses saw her being beaten. And she arrived at the police station where she collapsed from her head injuries. And she died shortly after. She died on the 16th of September. Of course, that's tomorrow is the anniversary of her mm. death. So the people of Iran 
rose up in an unprecedented reaction. This was not an unusual event. People have been arrested over the last 40 years for similar crimes, inverted commas, and, uh, and had similar consequences. And many have died at the hands of the morality police and the regime because of these kinds of expressions. Just um, all she had was her head covering and slipped back a little bit. So um, we saw nationwide protests, thousands of people, particularly young people and even children in their schools started protesting, burning their hijabs in the streets and pulling down government propaganda from the walls. And it was just nothing like this had happened in Iran since 1979 when the revolution happened and the government changed hands. Mm. So it was um, it was uh, awe inspiring to watch the courage, the unity, the resolve. The government reacted in a in an expected way yeah. with brutal force. Brutal. More than mm-hmm. 500 young people lost their lives. Mm. It was mm. inhumane. The, the torture, the rape, the um, threats. Hundreds had injuries to their eyes where they were deliberately shooting them in the eyes with their guns. Children were poisoned in their schools, oh. with doors locked and poisonous gases. Um, just girls' schools and the schools where the girls had reacted and joined the protests. Um, so many, many young Iranians lost their lives last year. It was a very difficult time for the whole country. And what was surprising to see from this side was the continued resolve, despite the heavy reaction from the government. The, to this day, the continued resolve of the people of Iran saying, we must have change, we must yeah. have freedom, and we will die fighting for it. Yes, yes. It's very reminiscent. Now, don't don't send me emails, hate emails and stuff, but it's in tone. It's very reminiscent of what happened with the civil rights movement in America, where, uh, where an event triggers people to say, you know what, enough is enough. And we definitely applaud the people of Iran, the believers of Iran, and we encourage you out there, make them a part of your daily prayer regimen. And here's why. It takes a tremendous amount of courage to stand up for what you believe in when you can be killed for it. That's not something that we deal with here in America, my friends. We have a hard enough time evangelizing the people and just worrying about being rejected. We're not worried about people killing us for this. And it really speaks, I say this all the time in Silk on this app, on this show, on this platform. It speaks a great deal to the level of commitment and the level of adoration and uh, exaltation that people in other countries have for the Lord that Americans do not. We are extremely apathetic when it comes to the things of the Lord in a way that other members of other nations are not. And so this really speaks to that. And we encourage y'all out there, please pray for the people of Iran, because you may think, well, why should I pray for them? That doesn't affect me. Listen, again, if the angels in heaven rejoice at even one soul being saved, you are not above angels. And so as a result, we all have a duty to make sure that we're praying for the work that is being done in Iran, particularly by organizations like Transform Iran. Um, Ms. Silk, please let people know 
if they are sitting there right now going, you know what? I want to be involved. How can I help? How can I help? Where can they find out how they can help? And if they want you to come and speak at their church or their event, how can they get in touch with you? It's really important to be informed, Adrian. When, when there are things like this happening around the world, the first hurdle and the first weapon that the enemy uses is ignorance. Mm -hmm. So we must make sure we're not ignorant to the enemy's tactics, but also not ignorant to what the Lord is doing. Yeah. And the Lord is active in Iran. He is doing an amazing thing. So as we, as we read more, as we learn more, it fuels our faith and it ignites hope because we see that what's what on face value looks like a lost cause is not a lost cause underneath the surface incredible things are happening mm. so i would encourage you to find out more and the best way to find out more really is to go to our website it's transformiran.com and there's a whole section there um under our work where there's um, we talk about the impact of the ministry. If you want to fuel your faith, you can read about impact testimonies from the field. Then there's a section there called learn. If you want to learn about this mission field, what's it like to live in Iran? What's life for a woman like? What's the education system like? What's the political system like? If you're wired that way, there's all sorts of ways that you can learn about how life works in Iran. And then we have a section there called get involved. So we give you guidance on prayer. There's a generic 30-day prayer guide you could download to fuel your prayer that way. Or the best way really is if you want to sign up to our newsletter, it's a once a month email that comes through and there we will give you specifics that month. You know, we're having a Bible translation conference next week mm. and there's been attacks on all the leaders and all their kids are sick. Be praying for that. Oh. We're bringing underground church leaders, the women out for training, be praying for their safe travel. There'll be specific things like that, that you'll be informed of in that newsletter where you can really add fuel to the fire and partner with us in the spiritual warfare that we're involved in. And if you do want to give more in terms of your time or your resources, obviously you can donate through the website, but you can also volunteer. And the best way to volunteer is to help raise awareness because our greatest mm. enemy right now is ignorance. Yes. So help us spread the word. The people of the West, the believers, the church in the West needs to know what is happening in Iran today, what the areas to celebrate are, just as you were saying, and where the, what the areas are where we need to be digging in spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. So be telling your friends about it, forward newsletters, and if you do want to have somebody speak at your church, there's a section there through that volunteer section where you can invite a speaker to an event. It might be on Zoom, it might be in person, depends on the context, but we will absolutely support any event you want to put on where you're helping raise awareness for the people of Iran. Glory to God, because really, folks, it's all about heightening the awareness of suffering of believers everywhere. When one believer yes. suffers, we all suffer. And so we want to thank Ms. Silk for coming on today. Thank you so much. You are welcome to come back anytime you would like, my friend. It will be my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thank you for your beautiful heart for the kingdom. It's great spending time speaking to people like you. Always, always. Listen, that's what kingdom work is all about, my friends. And so we thank y'all for joining us out there. Don't forget, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Overcast, on Apple Podcasts and the iTunes Store, on iHeartRadio, on Amazon Music, on BMC Radio, BMC Radio On Demand, and on Audible. Also, don't forget, you can find us on the web, benevolentfaithministries.org. 
Log on now and learn more about our giving partnerships and how you can be the church without the need for any building. And don't forget to log on this and every Tuesday night at 7 Eastern for our online church services at benevolentfaithministries.online.church. Just remember, you can log on, create a screen nickname, and chat along with us during the service. Thanks for joining us, my friends. We'll catch y'all next time. God willing. Holla.